Welcome to Faithbrook Church. As I mentioned a few moments earlier, my name is Pastor Mike. I serve as a Connections pastor here. And it is so wonderful that we get to worship together physically here on site. Uh, for those of you joining online, we're together and even watching later on demand as well. It really is a, a treat to be here with you all. If you are a guest with us, maybe this is your first time joining in, or maybe you've been with us for a couple weeks, I especially want to just welcome you and thank you for being here and joining in. In fact, I want to encourage you, for those of you who are here on site, reach into that seat back in front of you and grab a blue connection card. And if you would just take a few moments, fill that out. Uh, you can uh, put in your information and drop it into one of the offering boxes as you leave. Also, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest, and you can fill out a connection card there as well. Now, whether you are filling out a physical or a digital connect card, two things are going to happen. The first is I would love to personally follow up with you this next week and just thank you for taking time to join in with us and celebrate with us this weekend. And the second thing is on behalf of Faithbrook, we would love to make a $5 donation to one of our nonprofit ministry partners, uh, specifically Cross Food Shelf. And this is just a small way to not only celebrate you joining in, but also a way that we can um, partner with local outreach as well. As, uh, that is one of the main focuses we have around here. And this is a small way that we can uh, pour into that. So I look forward to connecting with you and thank you for joining in and also making that donation on your behalf. Well, Faithbrook Church, our mission around here is to love God, to love people, and to journey together. And one of the ways we live this out is through generosity. Now, generosity can uh, take uh, a couple of different shapes and forms. But uh, this past uh, this past month in November, uh, we've uh, seen that our, our youth and kid ministries have been extremely generous. And in fact, it wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't bring it justice. So in fact, I want to uh, bring out our uh, our uh, student pastor. Uh, Brennan Burnt. Uh, Brennan, would you come out? He should be coming here. Up oh, here, he's coming. <laughs> Here's Brennan. He'd love to share. Yeah, so um, we uh, did Operation Christmas Child this year between ages zero through 18, and it was um, just amazing to see. Um, I know specifically we had a total of 85 boxes donated enough to fill 85 boxes. We also raised enough money because it's a $9 charge to send the boxes. We raised about half of that as well, which in past years, we have not been able to raise more than 25% of that. Um, so just a huge amount. Uh, kids and Level Up packed on Tuesday, uh, youth packed Wednesday, and then we had two packing parties the following Sunday for our kids' ministry. Um, I'm just really excited. I gave a challenge to the student ministry, so level up in youth, um, that if they packed over 50 boxes, I was going to dye my hair. They packed 53 boxes. So in the new year, um, I'm sorry, Taylor, I'm going to have a weird hair color because of it. But um, I'm just really excited excuse me, for that. It was an awesome, uh, just seeing kids pour out their hearts, really uh, dig into this challenge. And I want to thank you parents and others who as well who donated, who helped sponsor this. Uh, it was a great first year for this in Next Generation, and we're excited to see where this partnership keeps going with them. So on behalf of us, from Kit, Chrissy and I, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Brennan. Man, isn't that just awesome? Man, that is so, so cool. 
And uh, to be quite frank, I mean, this doesn't happen without your generosity. It's, it's people like you who are generous, and especially with your tithes and your offerings, you, you make it possible to bring on people like Brendan and have people like Chrissy on staff where they can pour into uh, your kids, they can pour into your students, and to see that they can live out the mission to love God and to love people and to, to journey together. So again, thank you so much for your generous tithes and offerings. Now, if you're, you're sitting there and maybe you're not yet giving towards uh, the mission, maybe you want to join in and see other great uh, stories happen uh, within our kids and student ministries. One of the best ways to do that is through the Church Center app. This is something you can download through your app store, uh, both uh, Apple and Android. And it's uh, super easy to set up. You just uh, set up a username and password. It's a few couple steps. And uh, after, after that, you could just go right down to the bottom, and there's a, a little giving icon. You just click that, and it's really easy to go through to help, uh, to help give towards uh, our mission here. And every dollar counts. Every dollar matters. And uh, just, again, uh, everything that you give towards really does make a difference in seeing that our next generation is raised up and that they can live out the mission uh, around here. So, again, thank you so much. Well, in just a few moments here, we are going to uh, wrap up our, our series called Dangerous Prayers so we can welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort. Well, how many of you know what a street preacher is? Have you ever been around maybe downtown or a campus or someplace where someone's kind of preaching the gospel or giving out tracts or asking poignant Christian uh, spiritual questions? Uh, sometimes we get a little uh, nervous about those people. Why would they do that? This just seems a little super bold or dangerous or, or risky. Or how about the people that come to our doors and knock on our door and they want to give us a track or talk about spirituality or hand us a Bible? Who are those people? Would we ever do that? Just, that just seems so uh, courageous or even dangerous. Well, welcome back to our series called Dangerous Prayers, and thanks for worshiping with us today, especially if this is your first time or second time. Uh, we always know it's kind of a, a leap of, of faith to come and um, attend something brand new, and especially those who are watching online. A lot of people are traveling, so welcome to FaithWork. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Well, we've been inspired by some of the dangerous prayers in the Bible, um, just kind of given by some leaders in, in the Bible, could we ever say some of those, those prayers? The first one um, was by David back in the Psalms where he said a very risky prayer and said, search me, O God, search my heart, know my thoughts, uh, see if there's any transgressions or offenses that are happening in my heart. And, and we learned that a lot of times we can either hide from God, that we don't want to say that dangerous prayer of search me, God, uh, or we can either self-discover, God, show me what's happening on the inside of me. Is there something between you and me? Is there some things I'm carrying or I'm anxious about that I can just give to you? And if we're willing to say that prayer, God can help us heal us, forgive us, and make us more whole. Now, the second prayer was by Isaiah. Isaiah uh, said the prayer, send me. So, man, God needs someone to step up. Uh, there were some uh, problems happening in the nation back then and some issues. And we know that God is always working around us. He's always looking for people who are willing to say that dangerous prayer, God, send me. And Isaiah would be used greatly. You know, when we're willing to say, send me, God, wherever 
God will do some amazing things in us and through us. And then we got to the most risky, um, outrageous prayer last week, which was break me. Break me, God. Completely empty me of myself and, and fill me with your entire self, especially your Holy Spirit. We, we looked at Christ who modeled this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was up against the, the cross, and he finally broke. He finally came to the end of himself and said, God, not my will, Father, but your will be done. What could happen if we emptied ourselves, came to the end of ourselves, and said, God, fill me? We saw in Acts that God can fill us with his, his Holy Spirit, and there were several of you that said, yes, I'm willing to pray that dangerous prayer to be broken totally for God, to be filled totally with him, and surrendered your life. And I got a chance to pray with many of you. I'm so proud of you, and I've been praying for you. That was a major, huge, a dangerous step in your life. <clears throat> so now we come to our final uh, dangerous prayer for this series, and it's found in Acts chapter 4. Now, a little bit of background about Acts. This is the, a unique book that talks about the beginning of the church. Um, Jesus has ascended. He's got about 120 followers, and he's realizing that they needed something deeper. <laughs> they needed to be broken completely so he could fill, completely fill them. We see in Acts 2 that they came to that point, and uh, Christians call it Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came down on them magnificently and they just were almost set on fire and they became so bold and just so um, um, outgoing and caring and started preaching. Now we kind of catch up with them in chapter 4. There's Peter and John. They're now in the streets, <laughs> street preaching basically in Jerusalem and they're telling people, hey, it's not the old... Uh, Judaism and all those rituals and stuff. There's this guy named Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah. He was the one that our forefathers talked about. He died on the cross and he rose from, rose from the dead and he's ascended. And we're now here telling you as well, the hierarchy of the um, Jewish council, Judaism, they didn't like these guys out there sharing about this new way, this new faith, maybe this new religion based on this guy from Nazareth, this Jesus, the Nazarene. Are you kidding me? Right? And so they pull him in and say, listen, guys, you know better. You're, you're Jewish yourself, and the, the, you, don't, you shouldn't be telling people like this. In fact, we don't appreciate it at all. We're going to come down hard on you, and there's going to be some suppression, if not persecution, if you don't be quiet. So squelch it. Don't get out there preaching and sharing about this Jesus guy. So in Acts 4, it tells us they, they went back to their, their friends. They're all collected, and they're sharing, hey, we were just with the Jewish council, man. We're all in trouble. They want us to be quiet. And so this is how they responded to that. They started praying, Acts 4, 29, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Give us boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then Luke wrote in, who wrote the book of Acts, said, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is like the second time Pentecost showed up. Uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them in a unique divine encounter experience. Uh, they were just um, engulfed with his love and his confidence and his spirit. And look what happens. And they continue to speak the word of God with boldness. 
So can you discover what our fourth dangerous prayer is? And that is, make me bold. Make me bold. Now, right now, some people are getting a little bit uh, nervous. Uh, What does that exactly look like? Uh, Maybe you're not even a Christ follower. You're watching or you're attending, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is probably one of those radical churches, right? And and I'm just just here to to investigate. Well, uh, frankly, uh, these messages about these dangerous prayers are really targeted to Christ followers, people that are part of Christ church. Um, and we're glad that you're here. Maybe um, don't walk out on us, but just kind of listen in. Uh, you can maybe discover uh, what motivates us, uh, why we do certain things. And especially today, we're going to learn how we can be more bold. So it's not the first century of Acts 4 anymore. It's uh, 2021. We're in modern days. America is more secularized, humanized than, than it was as a as Christian nation. So what does that look like today? If we prayed that prayer, make me bold, God, in, in modern days, does that mean that God wants us to be bold and go to downtown or in the mall or parks and start preaching to people, speaking to people? Uh, maybe we need to um, knock on the doors, you know, and, and like the Jehovah's Witnesses, then uh, they're good, sincere people. I appreciate their dedication but they have a different theology. They have a different translation, they would say. And really, frankly, they have a different God than, than Orthodox Christianity. But maybe that's how we need to be bold. The Mormons do that, right? They, they go around and knock on doors. Maybe it's to, to wear some loud T-shirt, you know, like, uh, I love Jesus. Why don't you love Jesus? Why don't you be like me? Maybe God's asking us to be bold, and we just hold to our convictions, and we just need to tell people that they are not living right and point out, point out all the sins, maybe po- post something on you know, social media that uh, the, the world is going to hell and we need to get back to Christ and why don't you hear me? And, and a lot of times it's like, man, I, I wish my preachers were more bold. We, we just need preachers out there just you know, tell it the way it is and get it together and, and preach louder, right? Is that where we're going? Is that what being bold in modern days looks like? Maybe some people feel that way could it be that there's some other ways like how about just simply having the courage to speak about spiritual matters to a friend or a co-worker now i suspect that when i share about being bold there's some hesitation i know that i can get hesitant about you know just being bold and sharing my faith and talking about jesus out there with outside the church, you know, and and why is it that we hesitate? What holds us back? May I give you a couple of suggestions why I think uh, what keeps us from praying this dangerous prayer of being bold? I think one deal is that we all feel like spiritualism or religion in people's lives is very personal, and it is. It's a private matter. So who are we to bring that up? So a lot of times we just let it go We're not going to go that way because we're afraid that we're going to offend someone. If we talk about faith, we talk about Jesus, someone has a different view, and and so we we don't pray that prayer. We we don't get bold at all. Uh, Sometimes we're afraid that if we do bring it up, they're, they're going to throw back some questions or some arguments that we don't know how to respond to. And so we just kind of scared that we don't know how to answer those tough questions and how to navigate that. And, and it just all seems kind of dangerous to uh, us. Sometimes we can be ostracized. So 
If we, we say, hey, you know, we're a Christ follower and we have our personal convictions and we'd rather not do that, say that kind of thing, you know, pretty soon, oh, there's one of those people and we're not invited to the party anymore. We're, 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 we're kind of pushed and marginalized. And so we'd rather not. So don't be talking about making me bold and doing that. I'm, I'm just going to play it safe. You know, here's another one that, that I believe sometimes keeps us from being bold and sharing our faith and stuff because sometimes we're not living the faith, right? So if we get to the point and we talk about Christianity and what I believe and would you like to maybe follow me or come to my church or something like that, we're like, man, I, I don't know if my life is measuring up to it because last week I was talking about this and I was doing this and this week, and so we're just like, ah. So I suspect that these, these are the reasons a lot of times where we're, we're, we don't want to get into these awkward, dangerous uh, situations so we avoid this prayer. It can be, almost be a little radical for us. Now, I, I would submit to you, though, that if the church is bold or when the church is bold, lives are transformed. When the people of Christ are bold, Lives can be transformed. We go back to the first count in Acts 4, where there was John and Peter. They're like, man, we just got called in, man. And we, they told us to be quiet. And uh, they're praying, no, give us boldness. Help us to uh, go against that and, and get out there and start sharing Christ. And that's exactly what they did. And before we know it, the history accounts that the, the, the church of Jesus Christ at the beginning there became the ecclesia. They didn't have buildings. They didn't have structure so much. It just became the ecclesia means a movement of God. And, and Christianity started spreading and growing. And, and I suspect that a lot of the people were, all their life, they were just following this rigid religion. Uh, you know, you had to go to the, the synagogue, every this and that, and sacrifice that and follow the rules. And if you didn't, then you're unrighteous. And it was just kind of hollow, right? There wasn't anything personal about it. But here comes this message of Jesus, that he wasn't some uh, God set in a temple behind some curtain, that he was personable. He lived in our soul. We could speak to him, have intimacy. He walks with us, and pretty soon people were gravitating to that, and, and the, the, the church of Christ started growing exponentially and throughout that world at one time. And yes, they went through persecution. Yes, there were some horrible times. But as civilization started growing and Europe started um, coming to, to life, the, 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 the Christian message started coming. Pretty soon, the, the most dominant uh, religion in the world in the first couple of centuries was Christianity. And this is where we get the, the Catholic Church, which means the universal church. It was the first church of, of Christ and through the century. There was, then there was the great uh, Reformation and Martin Luther. And, and now we have churches today. Why? Because 120 people got so broken, so hungry, and said, God, fill me completely, break us. And by the way, make us bold that they started sharing their faith and the world changed because they said that prayer. Lives were changed. Now, uh, could it be that maybe God is asking us to, to have that kind of experience, to uh, share boldly our faith, uh, to even pray that prayer of boldness? And so how could we impact our modern day? I submit to you that we're not in the first century anymore. Things have changed, especially in modern America today. So how do we do that? Where do we start? What, what is our approach? Well, I'd like to give you a, a couple of hints today, a couple of components. You're welcome to take some notes or write these down if you'd like, if you're interested 
and maybe influencing others for Christ or making an impact in our world. So there's three things. And the first one, I think that um, boldness starts with love. Boldness starts with God's love. In fact, love is, is the number one motivation if you're going to pray this prayer. That, that the love of God is living within you, that you want to take a risk, that you want to live a bit, little bit more dangerously. In fact, I would submit that God's love overrides our fear. The more we have of God, in fact, 1 John tells us that God is love. If uh, God lives within you, then you're going to love your brothers and sisters. Uh, we see in Acts 2, we see in Acts 4, that when we completely let God have all of us, and that God can consume us and engulf us with his spirit and life, it's almost like you can't help it. Um, it it's just a byproduct. We see in Galatians um, Galatians 5, about the fruits of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit is God's love. It's the motivator, and it spills over to joy and gentleness and kindness and self-control and faithfulness, etc., because boldness starts with love. Well, what does that look like? Does that mean that I love my neighbor so much that I'm going to go across the, the restaurant floor and introduce myself to some stranger or at the park and say, hey, do you know Jesus? I know Jesus. You should know Jesus. Uh, uh, what does that look like? I remember a couple of years ago, we were in, in a special service at a, another location, and they had this like this uh, uh, uber uh, bold uh, leader, Christian guy, preacher, Guy, and he was sharing these amazing accounts that he was so bold. He'd just like see someone across the, the room at a dining hall and get up there and introduce himself, sit down. What's your story? He's telling my story. He says, I'm this pastor and you need to come to my church. And do you know, know Jesus? And let's pray right now that you have Jesus. And, and then he'd tell me about the park and somebody in a, a rest stop or something like this. And he's like, yeah, you guys all need to do that. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this guy's like an animal for Jesus, right? And I can could, I could barely do that, let alone the people that are part of my church. I'm like, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't think that it's going to walk across a restaurant and start introducing himself and do you know Jesus, okay? So, so I'm starting to think about, well, how can we just kind of bring this down to the average person, right? And God gave me an idea about, instead of just being just like uber boldness, could we just be a blessing, right? Just be a blessing. And he gave me this acrostic called the bless. We called it the bless initiative. And basically, I want to just encourage you to let your love of Christ, if you will, um, be a blessing to people, uh, especially maybe strangers, people you don't know. And so uh, you'll see right here, this is kind of how we, how we can do it, right? Number one, if, if we just pray this prayer, God, make me bold. Help me find someone I can befriend, okay? Um, a lot of times our best friends, people we know are already Christians, right? They might go to church and believers and stuff, but... Help me to find someone maybe doesn't know about you and befriend them. And what does that look like? A lot of times it means to listen to them, right? I mean, we're notorious for sharing off all this truth and how you're wrong and we got the best truth and you need to listen to me. And, but wait, let's first step back and let's just build some trust with them, right? Tell me about your story. Tell me about uh, your, your, your life, right? Because a lot of times people have an opinion, um, a lot of times if I get into a conversation and we get to that point, I'll, I'll say something like, uh, do you have a church background? All right. Um, that tells me a lot. 
And the second question right behind that would be like, well, was that a good experience? My friends, here's a little secret. That, tell you, uh, that tells you so much, those two words right there. Was that a good experience? Because their theology and how they view Christ or even God all comes from the formative years. Was that a good experience? Did you even have a church experience? And you can maybe listen and, oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Or I, I can understand that, right? And you're just building that friendship and that trust. Uh, e is for encourage. So how can you encourage that person? Hey, man, you're looking pretty good today. What's, uh, how, how you doing? I, I try to be an encourager because I feel like a lot of people out there and every day are under stress. I think there's been a lot of emotional damage. I, I think a, a lot of people are uh, estranged from God. They're highly critical of Christianity because we've been brash. We've been sometimes just so judgmental. So how can I be salt and light? How can I just be love, even for a stranger? So the other day, I was at the bagel place. I was getting my bagel, and, and there was these uh, workers back there, and they're just hustling, trying to get all these bagels. It's busy, and there's this young lady. She's got her little bagel, then she's got her cream cheese, and she's spreading that thing. And, and I know that she was very detailed, right? She's just smearing that thing just perfectly, and then she, and she's perfect, and she gets the top, whoop, you got one, she got a two, and, and she's very meticulous, and so I just took the initiative to say, young lady, I noticed that you really care about these bagels. You're really good at making bagels, and she was like shocked, right? She's like, what? I said, yeah, I appreciate how meticulous you are. You really care about your job, and she was like, y y yes, sir, I, I do care about my job. Thank you, sir. Now, some people might think, well, Jim, that's just corny, right? My family members might say, you're just a creeper, Jim. Quit that, right? Okay? But I'm trying to be this uh, gracious person to encourage people. No telling. I don't know this girl, right? But maybe she had a really rough night the evening before. She's dragging into the world. Could it be that that's what God wants us to be? Salt and light in the world. So who can you encourage? How can the love of God spill out to us to encourage? And, and not just encourage, but also serve. So how can we serve people? See, sometimes we're just so full of ourselves that we're just worried about other people serving us or ourselves serving us. But could it be that we are so broken that we say, you know, God, let's let us go in the back. We'll play second, third fiddle. And so how can we help you? Maybe you have a neighbor, you see a need. You notice that they're going, you know, they maybe need some babysitting. Uh, maybe need some help with raking the leaves. Uh, sometimes can I help you carry something, Right. Uh, let me take care of that at work. I'll take that off your plate. Oh, that, that is so um, attractive uh, of, of sharing who Christ is when we serve. And then S is sincerely pray. So behind the scenes here at Faithbrook, one of our cultural questions is, is who's your one? Who's your one? Um, <clears throat> we're going to be asking God, who's someone that I can be reaching out to that I can be praying for? Because a lot of times we don't know anybody that's not a Christian. We don't bump into them. Sometimes we're just so churchy, right, that, that we don't know how to navigate around these unchurched people. So, so we can start praying. And, and maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a friend. Uh, maybe it's a colleague. I don't know, but we can sincerely be praying for them. And sometimes, especially myself, I've had to pray, God, show me someone. In fact, that's one, one on my list right now. I say, God... I want you to show me something, somebody that I can befriend that doesn't know you, that I can build that trust with. But help me to be bold and to love these people because when we're infused with God's love, lives can be transformed. It motivates us to be bold. Second component 
I would encourage you with is that we have to be wise. Boldness includes wisdom. Sometimes churches, preachers, Christians can be be so uh, full of right and truth that they come off very harsh. They come off very brash. Uh, they don't. Uh, they don't use wisdom uh, to try, try to influence people. One of my favorite um, slogans in the Bible is about Jesus when he was younger. He says Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with men. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with men. Because here's the deal, my friends. A lot of times you have to win them to yourself before you win them to your Christ you got to win them to yourself and win them to Christ. And sometimes we're not very smart around irreligious people. We're nervous. We're awkward, right? And God wants us to be so full of love and confidence that we have to have some wisdom on what do we even talk about? How do we, we live? We just come walking in there with guns blazes that we're the holy one here and we got all the truth and you don't know what you're talking about and blah, blah, blah. We're going to stand our ground and pretty soon people are just like backing off from us, right? So how do we become wise? What, what are some techniques we can, we can use? I, I think just asking good questions, uh, befriending them, uh, just listening to them. You know, so uh, I go to the gym once in a while, and I've been going there quite a while, so I bump into some of the same people, and, and one of my go-tos is, uh, you know, and believe me, people, I don't, try to, I don't go walking in there and have a big, you know, uh, sign, preacher guy. Right, preacher Jim, right here. You know, that's, people just walk away as soon as they know that I'm preacher. So I try to go in disguise, right? Don't let anybody know. So I can befriend these people, right? Just normal guy, right? And so if it's a guy, I'm talking about sports, right? You know, I say, hey, did you watch the Vikings? Or what do you think about the Vikings? And hey, did you see that the, the Gophers won against Wisconsin? Woohoo! Let's have a shout out for the Gophers, right? Row the boat. Hey, man, people, oh, that guy knows about the Vikings, right? Next thing you know, we might have some kind of friendship, right? We might ask a question like, well, where are you from? Oh, have you raised here? Or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Next thing you know, there's like, hey, that guy's pretty cool. I'm trying to win him to myself, just loving on him, right? Being the average guy that eventually maybe I can have a conversation with him or invite them. This is called wisdom. You got to win them to yourself. Now, sometimes it it takes courage to stand up for your convictions. A lot of times we are environments today that are unchristian, right? You're especially our workplaces. They don't want you to preach about it, talk about it, anything like that. And it takes some wisdom how to navigate that and be an influence to be bold in a very secular society. That's one of the reasons that our life group, the curriculum we picked up right now in media is called Thriving in Babylon, right? It's uh, how do we become authentic Christians, be real in a secular society? And here's a, a good um, uh, illustration of a young lady who tried to use wisdom and boldness in her secular uh, situation as, as a teacher. So take a look at this. Uh, I'm a teacher. I teach 10th and 11th grade history in downtown Dallas. I came into it wanting, of course, to share the love of Christ. Um, and the way that I do that isn't nearly as, I think, obvious as I hoped when I first walked into my school. There are rules or even constraints on what I'm able to share. And so when those opportunities arise, it's difficult to weigh the balance of what, what's appropriate or what I'm allowed to share sometimes. Of course, walking in as, a, as an educator, my 
heart is for my students. Um, and so wanting them to know the Lord and not being able to share that is difficult. Um, and so, but being able to share, I guess my faith by the way that I love them and serve them while creating inroads to share the gospel with coworkers has been really important. Really important. So my experience when faith does come up in my school or even when I'm teaching, especially because of the content that I teach, um, typically it's pretty hostile towards Christianity. Um, it's pretty hostile towards the gospel message, um, but more so especially towards Christians. Um, and so it is difficult to lead those conversations on when they often end negatively. Seeing and teaching my students gives me such an image of the gospel. And I walk in every day wanting to serve and love my students, wanting to give them something that's really good. Um, and so when they reject that, it reminds me that I too, only by the grace of God, did I accept, um, did I accept the gospel myself. Being intentional in relationships is probably where I see the most fruit, I think, and especially not being able to share my faith explicitly or openly or directly, um, then certainly building relationships with people is the number one way that um, I get from coworkers all the time. You know, you're different than most religious people I know. You know, you're different than those, you know, mean Christians I see on Facebook, you know? Um, and so just knowing that I'm able to share and to invite in and to, um, even if I'm not necessarily having people over to my house every day, um, I'm still extending hospitality by meeting people where they are every day. Uh, relationships take so much time to build into and to, to cultivate. And so when it comes to students, uh, that was the first lesson I learned as a teacher was that there's no way to, f to speed up building trust. Um, and so with students, with families, um, just spending time, I think especially with them, getting to know them, uh, really knowing each other's stories um, has been so important in building trust with them so that I can have those conversations. So now a year later with the same students, I can say, actually, here is the worldview um, that is, you know, maybe in contrast to yours. And here's how people believe differently. And here's why it's possible to be intelligent and be a Christian at the same time. Understanding um, that time is important and being able to bear the insults or bear negativity or bear the teasing, whatever that was, um, because it meant that there was a possibility that one day by being faithful, I'd be able to share Christ with them. I believe it's the the hard work of being humbled over and over and over again um, in order to build a character in me that will one day bear fruit if in some other season. What a beautiful example of someone who on a journey to learn how to be bold but also to be wise and be full of love to build these relationships of trust that they might be able to share about Christ or about faith in, in her life and in their life. So the third component really is to do with courage. That if we're going to pray, dangerous prayers of make me bold, it's going to take some courage. And like this young lady we saw, just to hold her convictions and maybe live the life and other people are not living that way takes some conviction and some courage to live that way. And so, you know, when, when we speak about courage, a lot of times um, it comes down sometimes to our personalities. I've noticed that extroverts are more uh, apt to be courageous in a social setting or a sharing setting than introverts, right? 
for example, uh, some churches will say, hey, now let's take a moment to stand and let's greet one another in the Lord, right? And an extrovert, they kind of view that as like, oh, great, okay, I might meet a friend. Hey, what's going on? High five, what you doing? Now, the introvert, I would submit to you, they're like, oh, great. We got to do that church thing. Hi, I got a smile on your face, but inside you're like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, right? And sometimes just being bold in our faith for introverts is a really struggle, right? Uh, because socially, it's just easier to kind of sit back. And uh, so I have to confess that, that I'm extrovert, right? So it might be a little bit easier to be courageous and to get out there and to make a friend, etc., right? Uh, I, had, I got a big, big kick this last summer that uh, we were having staff, and we, we got a wonderful staff and different personalities, and we kind of fit really well together. So I was like, hey, I said, you know what we ought to do this, this August? Let's go across the field to all those houses, and let's go door to door, and let's do a community survey. Just introduce ourselves and say, hey, we're from the Faith Work Church. Just want to know what you think of the greatest needs in our community and felt needs, right? Isn't that a grand idea? And a couple of the extroverts, they're like, yeah, Jim, I'm with you, right? And I look to the other ones. They're giving me that look like, are you kidding me? Are you crazy? And I was like, what's your problem? Let's go, man. Have some courage. They're like, and I'm like, oh, oh okay, I get it. It's not as easy for you as it is for me. It's just the way how God has wired us. But we all still have to, no matter where our personality is, have a little bit of courage and boldness to do what we can to bless someone, befriend someone, listen to them, right? Encourage them to serve them and sincerely pray for them. Hopefully we can get to the, the points where we're, we can ask some questions. You know, when I um, have an opportunity, I might ask the question, you know, what is your church background? As I said, you know, was that a good thing for, for you? Sometimes, you know, it might be, um, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Uh, that might give me opportunity. But I want to encourage you that maybe you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be knocking on doors. But we can do simple things in our workplace, uh, in our, our schools, in our, our neighborhood settings, even here at Faithbrook. See, one of the dreams we have right here is that when people take a, the risk to come to a Sunday service, especially if they're first or second, maybe fourth time, it's kind of awkward for them socially. They're like, you know, I, I'm not part of the, the gang here or whatever, so how can we love them and be bold? I, I notice it's very easy for us to just come to church and then head out without greeting anyone. Uh, sometimes that's our fault because, you know, we have two services and not everyone comes to the exact service every week. A lot of times people don't come every Sunday. So uh, in all honesty, it's hard to maybe know who people are and you're not sure. So a lot of times we just default and say, I don't know those people. I'm not, I, I forgot their name, right? And so you're like, I'm just going to avoid them and go home, right? I want to encourage you to maybe take a risk, to be a little bit bold by reaching out to someone you might not know. Now, here's some, here's some helps, all right? So uh, you, the first thing you can do is just, enter, hi, my friend, my name is Jim. And one of the questions you can ask is, how long have you been attending Faithbrook, Okay. And they're going to say, well, I've been attending here four years, you know. Uh, some will say, I've just been here like two months, all right? That will tell you, oh, oh, two months. Well, me and my wife or family, we've been attending here. And the second thing I, I ask people a lot, it's very easy to say, how did you find Faithbrook? How did you find Faithbrook? Right there, simple questions say, well, I live 
in Maple Grove or we drive by here, you know, we're on our way to Home Depot and stuff. And right there, you're like, oh, I go to Home Depot and da-da-da-da-da. Next thing you know, you're an extrovert, right, having a conversation. Um, but that just shows people love. Hey, so we don't need to, we don't want to manufacture relationships here. We want it to happen naturally. We want it to happen organically. But we can't greet everybody. And one of the most powerful things is, is for some person sitting here uh, to, to just um, organically reach out to someone. Say, hey, I haven't met you yet. How long have you been attending Faith Working For? You know, they're going home. It's like, man, that was a super friendly place. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't judgmental. And we want to invite our friends. Because see, it's just a matter of little steps of being bold and saying that prayer, make me bold. And when the church is bold, pretty soon lives are being transformed. And yes, it takes some love, and yes, it takes some wisdom, and yes, it's going to take some courage. I'm going to encourage you to pray that way. Now, when you walked in here, you received on your chair a, an invite card to our Christmas here at Faithbrook, and we are getting excited about Christmas here, and our whole theme is going to be the wonder of Christmas. And we're going to be leaning into the hope of Christmas uh, the, the joy of Christmas and Christmas Eve is about the peace of, of Christ and Christmas. Do you know anyone out there that might need a little bit of hope, uh, might need a little bit of joy? You know, I suspect, I might be wrong, but a lot of times people are just going through life, they, they got a smile on their face and they're managing life, but inwardly, I have a feeling that people are struggling with things. Uh, they're just holding on some anxieties and some sadness and struggles. And, and a lot of times we just pretend. But inside, uh, th- there is some emptiness. And people are estranged from God. So, see, I, just, I believe that we can be the, the movement, the ecclesia, that be willing to take a risk. Maybe, maybe you could take a couple of these cards and the person you see, a caribou, the barista, maybe just, hey, go for it and say, hey, if you don't have a church this, this Christmas, I invite you to our church. What do, you got to, what do you got to lose, right? Maybe it's your mailman. Maybe someone at the grocery store. Maybe someone is at your gym. Maybe it's someone, a coworker. You're not preaching to them. You don't have to share the four gospels. And all, you know, the, but just say, hey, just want to invite you to our church, especially Christmas Eve. It's all about the wonder of Christmas. And I'm not suspecting that we're going to have an Acts 4 account where the whole world has changed. But man, what would it look like if we would at least pray that prayer God, this Christmas season, help me to be bold. Help me find that person or somebody. Help me be bold enough, you know, to just kind of slip that and invite someone. You never know what that person is dealing with. So why don't you stand with me as we kind of close out. And we're going we're gonna to pray that, that prayer and invite Christ to find someone uh, that we can influence, that we can befriend and bless and help them. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you know, before we even knew who you were or cared about you, you were so bold that you came to our world and you took a risk on us. There's no guarantee that we would have said yes to you or been interested in you, but you were willing to give your life for us. And Father God, you were willing to give your son, Jesus Christ. And God, if we could just just have a tenth of that love and boldness to be willing to maybe risk it, to at least say that prayer, God, make me bold. There might be someone out there that, that, that is not with you, that needs you in a life-giving truth of your word of God. 
So direct us to that person. Maybe there's a family member that we're praying for. Maybe there's a coworker, a friend. And uh, maybe we can send them an electronic invite uh, to these Christmas services. And the first one's starting with hope. But direct us and help us. And we'll see lives change for you. We pray these things in the great name, the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for coming. You are dismissed. Have a great week.